0: Welcome to That's A Wrap, episode number 42. Today we are talking about the Oscars, the 2016 Oscars for the 2015 movie season, movie year. Uh, for That's A Wrap, I'm Eric Marshall I'm Nick Schlegel I'm Chris Gullen And uh, we're three guys with PhDs in film studies Who like to talk about movies And stuff So uh, what's up with you guys? This is the seg- segment of the show where we do pickups And kind of catch up with each other What's uh, what's new? Chris, why don't you go f- first?
1: Yeah, it's uh, Oh boy, it's been, been busy uh, Our semester started kind of late at Westfield State on the twenty fifth of January but ever since then it has just been um, it's just been constant go uh, we have had a lot a lot of projects going on uh, as in addition to classes so um that's 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 pretty much it doing you know a fair, I have a course release this semester so I'm doing a fair amount of writing um, doing some actual film work uh, getting ready for that this uh, this summer so um yeah just just doing Doing that, it's it's. Uh, we're supposed to get some crazy weather here in Massachusetts tonight over the next few days. Uh, rain and sle- sleet and snow and all the all the things that make New England in the winter wonderful. So, um, uh, yeah. Uh, other than that, um, things have been things have been okay. It's been okay. Excellent.
2: Nick, Sounds how good. about
1: you? Well,
2: uh, well, what, what what I've been up to lately? Um, you know not a whole heck of a lot no 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 real projects that i'm working on right now um i i did start working on a new a new book but um it, i've been working on it um not full time just uh just um a little bit each week but um so i haven't really focused or harnessed any energy to put into it uh just yet. d it'll, it'll come later, guys. I'm planning another trip overseas and I think a lot of the inspiration and and um momentum that an energy I can harness from that trip will then translate into a lot of writing. So right now it's kind of just structuring it. Um I'm started on course preps for the fall. I know that sounds very early, but I have some new course preps in the fall. So I um uh, got a hold of my reps at the various textbook you know Companies and had them send me those um and so i'm uh I, i've been working on that in spare time um let's see i've been watching a lot of movies lately you know in addition to you know our our podcast and these films but just in general i've been been watching um gotten into i've always i'm always in a habit of watching films but've gotten into a habit of watching uh, a lot of uh catching up on on films that are in my um, library that I haven't gotten to yet because I haven't really counted. I got maybe around, I don't know, 3,000 films, 2,500, 3, three maybe 3,500. I don't know. I'd have to actually look and count, but probably around 2,500, 3,000 films, something like that. And, you know, a, a portion of those, probably 20%, uh, I haven't seen or haven't seen in a very long time. Uh, so I've been good at, at, um, at digging out some things that I either wanted to revisit or just needed to watch that I wanted to get around to watching Mm, beyond that. Um, geez, not, not a whole heck of a lot. I'm just, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited about that's a wrap. We've been really, you know, have a blast recording these episodes and they've all, you know, come out this week and are being downloaded and we we we're anxious to get feedback from listeners um on Twitter and on Facebook. So let us know, you know, uh give us your feedback on the individual episodes or our approach to covering the Oscars this year.
0: Yeah, we definitely like like feedback. Um yeah for me same thing. It's the middle of a semester, so we're all, you know, it's just busy, busy, busy. But I am teaching this uh intro to video game studies class. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an online class at U of M, Ooh, really, and I, yeah, and I'm loving it. It's uh, it's I've been selecting some uh, academic and quasi academic writings for the uh, students to read, and they're really just tackling them with gusto, and and uh, yeah, it's a really good inquiry into the field of video games, uh, and it's it's kind of a challenge because they're. Um, they, everyone has different backgrounds in terms of the types of games they play, whether they even play games, uh, the, you know, and all that stuff. And it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been uh, intellectually stimulating for me and just a, a real treat to 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 work with these students online. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that, although it's a heck of a lot of work. I'm uh, I'm really uh, enjoying that. And I'm hoping I can teach it next year because uh, I'm, I'm kind of building it as I go <laughs> in a way. You know, I mean, there's a syllabus and a structure, but, you know, the, the readings change. So that's, that's really exciting um, for me and otherwise, uh, like, on a personal level. And there's not a whole – I mean, everything's, everything's the same. Everything's hunky-dory, so. Hunky-dory. Yeah. That's good.
1: Nick, uh, Eric, uh, speaking of syllabus, um, can I get your syllabus for that? Yeah, yeah, I can get you a syllabus for sure. It's, and I, I owe Nick a uh, syllabus for MassCom. Right. I'll send that to you this week.
0: Yeah, for for those of you who are not uh, in academia, we that's what we do. We trade syllabi, we trade readings, you know, we read each other's stuff. It's, you know, very collegial in that in that sense. But yeah, I I'd, I'd be happy to. But uh yeah, it's been uh it's it's been good. We do have a spring break next week which will be which will be nice, but um, our spring break is back until we- March
1: March 14th.
0: Wow. Uh that is that seems late. Well, we started late too. Yeah. We, yeah. Right, so going back to what Nick said uh, we do we do appreciate feedback and uh, you can you can leave feedback either on the uh, episode page at that's com, which is where you'll find um, all of the archives for every episode, uh, or you can find us on Facebook and uh, leave comments there. A lot of people like to do that as well, so and we, we check um, we check both uh, so head on over there and drop us a line, tell us what you think ready to tackle these oscars let's do it right on all right cool all right, so uh we have watched all of the best picture nominees uh we've discussed each and every one of them on separate episodes so if you want to get our in-depth take on any of the eight picture, uh, movies that are nominated for best picture, go on to that's a rap show.com and you'll find all eight of them listed there. You can also find them in iTunes and Stitcher and all those places. Um, in this episode, we're going to talk about our favorites, our predictions, uh, our kind of reflections on the Oscars in general, uh, and, and things like that. So that's, that's what this episode's about. Uh, we will talk about individual films, but seriously, if you want a more in depth, you know, you can go check out those mini episodes as well. So, Oscar is 16. What do you guys think? (laughs) What a leading question. (laughs) I know. Well, I was going to go on about how, um, like, last year, I think I made a comment about how I have this kind of, it's not strong enough to be a love-hate. It's a like-don't-like, you know, kind of relationship with the Oscars and with these things in general, you know, this whole idea of like, let's watch these, you know, wealthy people congratulate each other. And, you know, I've kind of, yeah, I got this kind of cynical side to me, but I also make sure I watch it every single year and I enjoy watching it. But then on the other hand, it doesn't matter at all or very little doesn't matter to me as a person, you know, that whole thing. But I don't (laughs) want to go through all that again. So you can go back to last year's, go back to last year's episode. If you want to hear me say all that stuff, which I still believe. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, yeah, unfortunately, adulthood and um hitching my professional wagon to the entire industry have made the Oscars um a little less magical uh you know t- time growing older, the industry itself and, and and you know understanding the industry not to mention, and i I actually applied for two jobs at the Oscars this year at the Margaret Herrick library. Um, while I was on the job market for in academia, I was also applying to certain positions, um, doing film curating and working. This was at the Margaret Herrick Library, which is, you know, the the Oscars library in Beverly Hills. And my friend Nathaniel Thompson works there. In fact, he's been tweeting and Facebooking a lot of imagery of the red carpets and, you know, at the craft theater, they're, they're all the early work because, you know, it's nonstop 24-hour Around the clock work at the uh, Kodak Theater, and so um, I was willing to, you know, move to Los Angeles and and work for the Oscars for the rest of my life. I I I, I kind of have a, an encyclopedic knowledge of the Oscars. You could have asked me ten years ago to list like every Best Picture winner, and 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 uh, there was a time that I could do it. There was a time I could do it from like 1950 to present day. Extraordinarily well, but now you know, uh, it. it, I don't know, it's a tough one. Let's let's try it, Eric. Throw me a year, any year,
0: uh,
2: 1952. Oh, shoot! Uh, I'm gonna say, uh, an American in Paris. I don't know. I see, I used to know, I know it used to know it really well. I'll have to check in a few minutes.
1: 1969,
2: 69. Uh, I used to know that really well. 70 is Patton. And uh, no, no, no. Seventy is uh, let's see, seventy-one, seventy-two. Godfather, French Connection. Let me see. Sixty-nine. Uh, what was sixty-nine? Um, it was supposed to go to Clockwork. It was a Midnight? Co- midnight Cowboy, right? I don't know. We'll have to. I, I don't know. That's I thought sixty-nine
1: was Oliver. Oh, that, oh that's this Oliver. The, that's it. Okay, Oliver. Man.
2: Right. And everybody was up in arms because they thought two thousand and one was supposed to get it. See, I. It's fifty-fifty. It's a twang cost these days. The twin cost. It's a toying cost these, these days, I don't know, you know, but uh, like if you say a certain year, I'll, I'll either tell you immediately or I'll hem and haw and try and figure it out. But there was a time when it was all committed to memory as well as best actor and actress. I mean, I used to be just a, a, a font of trivial, you know, bullshit when it came to the Oscars. Cause I loved them so much and grew up watching them. But eventually I kind of be- went over to the Eric side a bit more, which was a little more jaded, a little more cynical of the industry. Um, there didn't seem to be as much uh, cachet to winning the Oscar as there did uh, during the studio era, for sure. These days, an, an actor, or actress could win Best Picture and then wind up their career could go nowhere, you know. And and uh, that wasn't always the case, particularly in this in in the studio star system. And so some of that magic wore off. That's why, guys, I don't remember if I mentioned this last year, but I have the Oscar's Greatest Moments VHS that I bought like the night it came out. And then I've since transferred that over to DVD and I watch it frequently because that I, I, I absolutely turn into a wide-eyed 10-year-old kid again. And I, I'm watching all my heroes. I'm seeing Alfred Hitchcock and Cary Grant, and Steve McQueen and Natalie Wood and James Garner and and Mickey Rooney, you know, and and John Huston. I'm I'm seeing everybody that I just worshipped as a kid, and today, well, none of those people are around anymore. So it's it's a different
0: experience, you know yeah for sure um I, i'm i'm the opposite of you not just in my lack of interest not lack of interest but you know the, my cynicism i just have a terrible memory i don't remember who won the super bowl last year okay i do but um, <laughs> but, but you know what i mean like did I did i say to an american like, in
2: paris for 1952 i just
1: looked it up were you right
0: yeah yeah i am that's Bang. pretty nice good job slags pulls one <laughs> out
1: people still got it. you still got it
2: <laughs> hey yeah um, i'm like ralph melf right I, I I'm,
1: 1969. I'm, I'm ambivalent about the Oscars. Uh, you know, I like them. They're okay. Um, as far as purely enjoyable award shows go, they're kind of, eh, uh, I actually prefer watching the Tony awards, um, just because you then get theatrical performances. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean the Oscars—they're okay. I I didn't necessarily grow up watching the Oscars. I I watched them when they were on, and you know, um, but I I didn't grow up watching them. Um, so I don't I don't have the same kind of relationship that Nick does. And I I too uh, I guess I've, I'm pretty cynical about the industry. And I think I've become like you guys, you know, more cynical in the, about the industry the more I study it. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, and I think also, um, and, you know, you, you guys might disagree with, I don't know, you probably won't disagree. I just don't, when you, when you look at the, the old, like you were saying, Nick, uh, you know, the heroes of, of yesteryear of great Hollywood, you just don't see that much of that anymore. <laughs> you know, you don't see those, 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 those directors who are making these, these just epic films um and these these actors who were the triple threat right who can they they can they can sing they can act they can dance and they do do it all well you you just don't see that anymore um so i'm ambivalent i i like talking about it every year cuz it's fun to talk about it with you guys uh and i watch it i think i watch it every year out of a certain sense of um professional obligation
2: obligation. Yeah.
1: As as a, as a, as a, as a film professor, you know, but
2: Chris, I I have to interject here. I got to say, I must take exception with your comment that there's less theatricality in the Oscars. Don't you remember those God awful, unbearable hokey musical numbers that opened up the Oscars and then all the really, really ridiculous uh, pieces that they would do for the best original songs. Um, they were so nightmarishly awful. Every now and then there was something that was kind of cool. And when you look back on it, you're like, gosh, I'm glad that that they shot that. But And of course, the most famous one was in the 89 Oscars. Do you guys remember that? When Rob Lowe, the, the disastrous Rob Lowe opening, the worst opening in the history of the Oscars, it destroyed this poor actress's career uh for at least for quite some time eileen bowman she played snow white and rob lowe was doing this musical number with her and this do you guys remember this or no i mean no, it's, it's I like think so it's it's the i'll have to link to it on the web the the show notes it is the worst example or excuse me it is the best example of that ph- worst phenomenon that i that i just described for listeners who don't know please please go to youtube and type in like Best, you know, a best song performances, and choose an Oscar year, preferably between say 1970 and 1990, and you will, your jaw will drop at the sort of unbelievable
1: badness. Of I, these- I didn't, I didn't say that there's less theatricality. No, I was just kidding. I was Oh, kidding. okay. You're waiting I, me to I, make a, I, my point here. I, I no, I I I enjoy the Tonys more because I enjoy watching the thea- the the musical numbers and the 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 theatricality at the Oscars has just gotten worse. It, 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 it like you said they they keep trying you know they keep trying and trying and it's so over the top. It's so stupid. I, it's yeah. It's just getting worse. The Numbers
2: have gotten way. better. I mean, usually they just have the performer come out and sing it. Uh, either someone who, who's going to perform the song or sometimes yeah. they get the person who wrote it, you know, to come come and perform it. But these, uh, apparently I'm not sure you guys are familiar with what I'm talking about, but there was a good 20, 25 year period there where they had these really, uh, my, le- one of my least favorites is, is, Oh, it's so bad is, is, uh, um, Aretha Franklin doing um, the Carly Simon "The Spy Who Loved Me," which is Aretha I, it's
1: Franklin just, did that?
2: Yeah, yeah. It? Aretha Franklin doing "The Spy Who Loved Me." Yay! Uh, and what would that be? Seventy-seven, I'm guessing. Yeah, it was um, a kind of a mismatch, and and it had all that that cheesiness and stuff. So, no, I mean, I was kidding. I was saying, I was saying like, oh, well, wait a minute. What about all that horrible musical fare?
1: Yeah. Other than the recent Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, A couple of those that I think are pretty funny that get me a smile. And I think that's just because Neil Patrick Harris actually has the talent Mm -hmm. to carry those things. You know, he's kind of one of those rare triple threats left. And Hugh Jackman did a great job, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about Hugh. And
2: then Billy Crystal was the one who actually started – they started parodying – I don't know if you guys remember this, but they would start to – they would parody these – these bad numbers it was Billy Crystal, like in 1990, 91, or ne- he would come out and he'd be like, where's that horrible song that, you know, gets all of the nominees into one big song. And then he's like it. And then he would say, it's a wonderful night for Oscar, Oscar, right. Oscar. Right. Who will
1: win? Yeah, and then- yeah, yeah.
0: Well, we had some technical difficulties there. Uh, but now we're back. You guys were uh, talking about the performances in past Oscars and uh, I'm really looking forward to uh the performances in this one, if you know, only to you know, cynically and ironically and bitterly uh tweet about it during the <laughs> during the broadcast. But uh you know, but we'll all be watching it. So I, I find I feel like this year's Oscars the it's weird because I think the movies are really diverse but not at all diverse at the same time you know if you look at them in one way they're a diverse set of films in another way they're not if, if you catch my drift yep. so so i think it'll be interesting to talk about our favorites and our predictions um for for the sunday's telecast so um i don't necessarily want to go first i don't mind going second or third but who wants to go first
2: i'll gladly go first but uh do it are we talking what are we talking predictions right now or do
0: both let's just do both at the same time or do you want to split them up
2: i'd like to split them up Um, so if we're doing predictions on best picture Mm -hmm. um for me it's uh it's nearly 50 50 but i gotta choose one yeah. Um, I feel that it's going to be between Spotlight and The Revenant. Yeah. Um, and earlier today on Facebook, um, somebody had posted a comment on our Martian episode, how they really wanted it to win. And I said, well, you know, certain amount of biases leveled towards genre cinema – that's um not epic or drama or biopic or historical you know so i said i i doubt it i said the only way mad max wins is a split vote type of thing where everybody everybody decides like i'm gonna vote for mad max because why not right i'm gonna stick it to the academy and if like everybody thought Mm -hmm. that way well it would win but since um I am I'm going to go with the safe bet and predict that uh the Golden Globes will will uh sort of light the way and I think the Revenant's going to get it.
0: Uh yeah, I I think so too. I, I, I agree with you it's between Revenant and Spotlight. Um but I, I it's hard to see the Revenant not getting best picture. I some some people are saying that um In-Yuritu might get best director and therefore they might give best picture to something else. Could you be. know, because he because you know there's last year because he won uh best director and best picture for Birdman that was, so was that maybe, two years
2: ago that was two years ago wasn't
0: it that was, that was last, year. last year yeah really? Yeah, so there might be some uh, some Inuritu fatigue, you know. People might want to spread the love. So, but I still think uh, the Revenant would probably be the best picture, and, and and the director will be something else, you know. I don't think he'll get both. Um, but I mean, what do I know? But Revenant is definitely the front runner uh, as far as as far as that goes. What do you think, Chris? Uh,
1: this is what we think will win, or what we want to win. I see. I think, oh, yeah. think um uh, yeah Revenant I I think Revenant will, will 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 get it. Um I think there's a possibility uh Spotlight might um but yeah I think I think Revenant's going to get best picture. For best director I think it's going to either be uh Iñárritu, for Revenant or Abraham Abramson for uh for for Room. For Room. Yeah. because yeah. there's was just I, such such good directing in
0: that. It wouldn't surprise me if George Miller got it, because you were talking about Mad Max earlier. Yeah. Right? If that's the if that's the way the split goes where George Miller gets it for Mad Max and then the Revenant wins best picture. That wouldn't surprise me too much. Um but like Nick said, there is a lot of bias against uh against not you know, super serious. uh, Traditionally,
2: uh, you know, historically picture and director are tied together. Although we can look back and find instances when they're not, there's just a, probably a 66 to 80% of the time, somewhere around there. Best picture and best director are synonymous. But, again, that – Did leaps-
0: you just say 66 to 80? No, oh, I guess two-thirds. I, I see why you said 66. <laughs> it seems like it's a Two specific number. Two-thirds to 80 to 80. <laughs> something around <laughs> yeah, there, you yeah, know. I get it now. Yeah, I get it now. The yeah. idea
2: being that, like, uh, it, we can find examples where that didn't happen, but mm-hmm. um, the safe money is that they're usually
0: married. I see. Yeah, but
2: I think George Miller would it would be wonderful. I mean, George Miller's has an impressive career, but not in the United States, really. You know, so
0: yeah, true. Um, That's true. Yeah, I'm terrible at predicting things um, like this. I mean, I mean, I you know, I thought the Panthers were going to win the Super Bowl, right? so you know, I mean, and I had a fifty fifty on that one. So uh, what do I know?
2: (laughs) Well, I know Chris will get a kick out of this if we're just going to talk a a few more predictions. uh, But I'm I'm not going to make any more predictions on the categories right now. But I will say that, um, you know, one of the most um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ignored uh, nominees has been Thomas Newman. I don't know what this is. This is he's in double digits. This is probably his 14th nomination, if not more. Uh, for best original score uh, for Bridge of Spies, which I think is the best original score by far of the year. Um, and I'm hoping he wins because he's he's like, you know, always a bridesmaid, never a bride uh, over and over and over. It's gotten to be a bit of a joke. You know, uh, I look among his competition and I can see the stupidity of Academy of Orders going, oh, John Williams, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. He's in his 80s now. Let's just vote for him. Williams already has his Oscars, and you know this is a basically a a score that's already we've already heard. You know, <laughs> so it's, it's not like John wrote a tremendous amount of original material for The Force Awakens. But um, so I'd really like to see Thomas Newman. That's just my own little aside on what I'd like to mm-hmm. see.
0: Would you like to see? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. Go ahead. Yeah, go, Chris. <clears throat> just for score.
1: Uh, I would love to see Thomas Newman. I know I'm I'm pretty disappointed that uh a. R. Rahman is not nominated. I'm um, sure you're
2: you're heartbroken.
1: I, I, I am. I am. Uh I could see the Academy doing doing something silly and either going with Force Awakens or or going with a sleeper like uh Morricone for Hateful Eight. I could uh I could see that.
2: Yeah, there's no way to predict that those particular categories cuz they're imbeciles. Uh the only other the only people that vote in that category that know what they're talking about are the composers. Morricone, as we talked about on 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 the hateful eight episode only wrote very what 11 to 14 minutes of music for this film, so that's yeah. it, you know? I mean, it's like that's that would be kind of a slap in the face to all the nominees if he won, but again, uh and not only that it's it's not just like thomas newman wrote anything and i wanted to win bridge of spies is a fabulous score i've been listening it to is. it yeah i uh, uh, a very dear friend um uh lent me his copy i've been listening to it nonstop, <laughs> stop and uh and i just uh, i absolutely love it it's a great piece of work but it, it, in terms of wish lists in, in one category that would be mine
0: yeah I could see that i think uh my i have a a slight problem this year uh because i'm not I'm not terribly prepared this year to even to even make guesses or predictions or even favorites because I've seen all the best picture nominees i've seen all the best director nominees which are the overlapped but like as far as best actor i've only seen two of the films i've seen the martian and the revenant i haven't seen the danish girl steve jobs or trumbo mm-hmm. so i've only seen two of the five best actor nominees i'm not you know? much so better
2: I, i've only seen three yeah
0: okay so yeah there you go and best actress same thing i've seen uh, room and joy in brooklyn so i've seen three of the five i haven't seen carol yet i was hoping to watch carol uh, yesterday or the day before but it didn't work out um so yeah so that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough one in terms of predictions but you know i mean as of uh you know monday of next week these this section of the podcast will be you know completely irrelevant so <laughs> right it's, I'm so, t- it's uh, shocking
2: uh, to see like uh meryl streep not in a category for if you know it's like like what what's missing you know like um, almost y- invariably meryl streep's in nominated of course jennifer lawrence true. I feel like these days she could come out and like burp and they'd nominate her for an okay. Academy Award. no offense to Jennifer Lawrence. It's just, I see her in there and she wins consistently. It seems like I've seen her up on that stage a few times now. Hasn't she won best actress like twice or best supporting once and best actress once or something.
1: I She won for silver linings playbook and she won for something else.
2: Yeah. I think supporting actress in, I don't know that, 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 that douchebag director. I can't stand. Uh, um, who makes all these '70s films? Um,
0: you talking about David O. That's
2: guy. Yeah, David O. Russell. Uh, didn't she win for something he did? Like,
0: yeah, for uh, was it American Hustle or Silver Linings Playbook? Yeah, I guess maybe he's Silver directed both of them, right? So, I yeah. guess if they
2: collaborate, she wins an Oscar. <laughs>
0: so. Well, not, well, maybe. I mean, she's in jo- Joy is. Uh, inferior film to those other two because i liked american hustle and i like silver linings playbook although i had problems with it but joy i think is much weaker
2: isn't joy also david opinions. O? o uh, it is it is it's yeah it's, well, that, it's I, I, you know who i love film. i love that uh i love that david o russell i think he's really he's really
0: sharp <laughs>
1: well if if joy i haven't seen joy but if joy is the in- inferior film you know i'd be shocked then if she's gonna win because you've got Kate, Kate Blanchett. I haven't seen Carol yet, but Kate Blanchett's good in almost anything she does. Brie Larson's performance in Room was an absolute tour de force, um, and Saoirse Ronan in Brooklyn was also phenomenal. And I haven't seen Forty Five Years, so I can't comment on Charlotte Rampling. But so if if Jennifer Lawrence wins and jo- Joy isn't the you know, is is a is an inferior film? Then I mean, then something something's kind of hinky here.
2: I, w- <laughs> I would lo- I love hinky. I love that word. It reminds me so much of the fugitive. That with, that's that where was, I get it. Lee Jones. Don't good. use words I don't understand. Don't use words <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> hinky. What's hinky? It's hinky. Brie, Brie Larson. I I'm I'm just I I'm really really hoping she gets it. I I I just was so blown away by her in the room
1: well if I can if I yeah. can then just go on record uh, I thought room I missed the room episode uh, I thought room was the best film of the year
2: oh so let's let's talk about that let's talk about what we thought um, was the best film of the year
1: hands down room room, room was the best film of the year um, and I, I I did this post on Facebook where you know i've had I've seen thousands of films and I've had so many of them have touched me emotionally. Room hit me on a completely different level. Uh, it stayed with me. It's still with me. It 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 cut me to the absolute core. Um, I think it's a combination of the performances. I think it's also because I have a five year old son. Um, I think it was the subject matter. Every, everything about that film has just stayed with me. Um, I couldn't stop. I haven't been able to stop talking about it. So I think I room should win. I think it should win for best picture. I think it should win for best director. And I think it should win for best actors. Uh, and I'm actually kind of disappointed that. Um, the kid who played Jack. Uh, yeah. Trembly, I think is his name. Um, did not get nominated for best actor. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in that, but uh, that's my pick for the best film. Of the year, that film devastated me. And uh, in, in, it's 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 what the movies is all about, and it's it's just yeah, it it, it devastated yeah. me in in many many ways. So
2: uh, real lasting impact on Christopher. Uh, what about what about you, uh, Eric? What was your pick for? What do you think is um, the best film out of these nominees?
0: Out of the nominees, yeah, it's a good qualification, uh, for sure, because I think the best film of the year is not among these nominees. But um I've been thinking about this for a week since you know, we're trying to prepare for this and I am having trouble deciding still because it's so hard to compare, say, Room to Revenant mm-hmm. or Brooklyn to Mad Max. That's true. <laughs> You know it's so hard because there's such different films, sure. um, and and I you know I'm really having trouble with this. I really liked Revenant a lot, um, but I have to say the Big Short is probably my favorite. Of these yeah. really yeah, the Big Short I think is my favorite. Yeah, probably for ideological reasons. Mm-hmm. As much as anything else, but you know, I like The Big Short and I like Spotlight, and I think Spotlight's got a good chance. Yeah. If The Revenant doesn't win, I, I I really do think those are the two that have a chance: is The Revenant and Spotlight. But um, I like Spotlight and Big Short for for similar reasons because they're both political and they're both kind of investigative in a certain way, and and you know for ideological reasons. You know, I like Mad Max and Revenant for similar reasons. I like Brooklyn and room for cer- certain reasons, but um, I think I like the big short more than room. Although I'm with you guys on room. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm with you, Chris on room. I don't know what Nick's favorite movie is of the year. or okay. these go ahead, Nick. What do you have to say? Well, um,
2: yeah, I think, and, and, and remind me, there's just, there's something I want to come back to later about the diversity of these, of these eight films. Um, okay. Uh, I, yeah I got to go with Room as well. Uh I'm right there with Chris. For me Room was um everything Chris said, I can't really add too much to it. Uh and I've already said a lot in the in the mini episode we did, but it's just, you know, for listeners who are are on the fence whether they should watch it or just haven't had the time, you know, if it's if there's one film of the 8 that I would say if they said, you know, which one I can only watch one, I would say watch Room because i i think it was so it's the most powerful film clearly and it's one of the one of the really truly best films i've seen in 15 years wow yeah Wow. It's so brave, you know. It's it just,
1: is, yeah. That's a good way of saying it.
2: Brave. It's. It, 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 it. There's so many interesting things going on in that movie, and it's an uncomfortable watch, and it lingers, as Chris says. Uh, but it's. I mean, you look at that poster. You expect to hear like Salisbury Hill playing in the background. You know, it's. It's. It's supposed. To, you know, it's a misleading poster. <laughs> I, I mentioned this in the episode that I watched this movie and I thought it was about like an un- underemployed woman raising a kid. You know. In, in 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 poverty and 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 it's and it is uh, about that, but but much 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 more. I mean, I thought it was just like a, and so it's funny when you look at. I'm like look, I'm looking at the poster right now, and I'm thinking, you know, that's a that's a interesting bait and switch of the of of a of a different variety than the classic bait and switch because doesn't it look all cutesy and cutesy wootsy it,
1: it looks a little a little more
2: heartwarming than the film yeah. really yeah, is. Those are our for best. Solid, <laughs> yeah, on Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so I go Room.
0: Wait, I thought your pick was um Revenant. How can your best and your favorite be different? Right. <laughs> um, you know. Well, why wouldn't she why wouldn't your favorite be the best film?
2: Well, that because I didn't enjoy Room nearly as much as this other film. I thought my favorite of the eight was was something different, but I think the best film
0: Oh, in terms of like enjoyment.
2: Well, yeah. Well, I mean, when we did look, when we did our episode Um, on the best of 2015. So yeah, so those are we weren't saying Uh,
0: at the end. We talked about our
2: favorite film of the year. We didn't say it was the best. We said it was our favorite. Right. Right. I I suppose so. Yeah. There's Uh a clear distinction between the two. My pick for best, my favorite, is is not not What I would consider to be the best. And it's definitely not my prediction either. Uh, it's it's Bridge of Spies, which no. I think has a prediction tendency was revenue maybe to be undervalued or under, under appreciated like because, because of the qual- the star quality associated well, with um, it, the director cachet associated with it. It's a Spielberg Hanks uh, joint, and therefore you know has a certain I don't know respectability that's already sort of like you know part yeah, and parcel yeah. of what it is. So I think there might be a tendency to underrate the sophistication of the film and the performances and that really just that script that just sparkles. It's a film I've watched f- four times now, actually. Uh, you know, I went out and bought it and um, yeah, I, I, it's my favorite. It's, it's of, of, the eight films, it's the one that I like personally the most uh, which is obviously very different from what I'm predicting and what I consider to be on all levels, really the best, you know, on a technical level film.
0: Do you think it's underrated? Like, it sounds like you're saying it's underrated uh, kind of because the uh, you know, Tom Hanks and Spielberg are just kind of taken for granted almost. Yeah. I mean, that's a big part of what I think. But it's what you mean. Like if you see Spielberg and Hanks, you expect a certain thing. And if they do even better, like the, the bar is, it's different, right? Like, because you expect them to do good. You expect them to do good work, right? It's sort of like just a de facto
2: choice. Uh, mm-hmm. period piece Spielberg mm-hmm. Hanks probably should be nominated right. for best picture right but um, <laughs> yeah. when you slow it down and on the on the, our mini podcasts like we I talk about you know how this would be like a Burgoyne special when you slow it down and you really look at the you start to do textual analysis and start to break down the individual shots and how they're composed and and there's some symbolic implications you see again a real poet, you know Spielberg is the child of Hawks of ford of Sturgis, you know he 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 uh it's all there. you want to see a, an incredibly confident uh well beyond mature, i mean well beyond seasoned uh, uh, director. You just look at the way Spielberg uh, orchestrates his scenes and it, it's it's really remarkable. And so, and that performance from Mark Rylance is that stoichi music that, that, that thing where the standing man scene just gets me every single time. Yeah. So I, it's my, it's my favorite of them. You know, like I could ask Chris, what's, what's your favorite film noir of all time? And he'd be like, oh, I don't know. Sunset Boulevard. What's the best? Oh, I don't know. Maltese Falcon. So clearly, you know, like the two don't always
0: go hand in hand. Yeah
1: yeah I I I, I I I see what you're saying i uh, yeah now that like we're
0: one of the best films ever made but it's certainly not any of our favorites i would well it's not my favorite right is that, it's not my favorite yeah, yeah but it's no. one of the best films but it's ever one made.
1: of the best just, yeah. yeah it's one of the best films ever made yeah.
0: uh you know um
1: yeah.
0: I, I i i see what you're saying i i wouldn't be sad if mark rylance won because he's he's nominated for best supporting right if it was nameless um, Stallone, i'd be thrilled yeah yeah, I wouldn't be sad if he won, because he's he, he's the thing I, I like most about that film, about Bridge of Spies. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, to go back a little bit, I guess I was answering the favorite question when I said the big short. Oh, OK. Um, yeah, I mean, the best the best picture is probably, I want to say Revenant. Uh that's my I think it's that's my prediction and I think it's probably the best film on a technical level. Mm-hmm. But uh the big shortest is, is my favorite my film favorite. of the of those. Yeah. Uh
1: my favorite was uh Huh. Mad Max Fury Road. Ah. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's what I thought Nick was gonna say.
1: Yeah, Mad Max Fury Road was 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 my favorite, which is surprising even to me because I'm not a huge <laughs> well, it, it is. Uh, you know, Spotlight's a very very close second. Um but uh Mad Max Fury Road's one I'm going to get on Blu-ray, uh it, it surprises me because I'm not a huge nut for action. Uh I've only actually seen Mad Max and Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome once, a piece. So I'm not a huge uh not a huge action fan but uh boy I, man, it was just a great movie oh yeah <laughs> it was just a great movie it was, it was it was like sin city like yeah, i think um when we talked about mad max you know nick you brought up sin city and i thought i thought that was a very astute comparison i thought comparing sin city to mad max was 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 pretty pretty good pretty pretty brilliant uh and it's a, <clears throat> for me you no, know, Mad Max is like like Sin City. I, I I forget what year Sin City came out, but it was that was my f- two thousand five. I think. To, I, I was gonna say like between oh four and oh six, and that was my favorite year, film of that year. Was it the best? No, but it was my favorite. It's it's one that I come back to. It's one that I show in film in film classes. It's just a this it, good. It's a good movie, and you know, Fury Road is just a good movie. I don't think it's the best. I think Room is hands down the best. Room is hands down the best, but it's going to take me a lot to watch Room again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's 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 not one that I'm going to just sort of sit. You know, it, it that's up there in the um, Requiem for a Dream category. Fine. You know, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. thought Requiem for a Dream was one of the, was probably the finest film of that year, um, but it's certainly not my favorite.
2: Uh, well, and that that goes. I mean, now that we've sort of all all mentioned what our three those three categories are for each of us. Um, I think there's, there's um, remarkable, remarkable diversity among the eight nominees in, in one sense. And I think Eric alluded to this earlier in the podcast, and that is each film is, is, is um, very different from the other. They are really just, you know, The Big Short is is miles away from Mad Max, which is miles away from Brooklyn, which is miles away from The Revenant, which is miles away from The Room, Spotlight, and so on, and and so they're just all. It's a really diverse group of films. One really is not like the other in any way, shape, or form. They uh, and. you know, in terms of, so there's, I, I, I think some really interesting diversity going on there. I've, I was a huge fan of straight out of Compton and I can see it getting nominated as a ninth, but frankly, I would, I would have rather have seen it nominated in some other categories. Uh, when I finished straight out of Compton, uh, I had sort of gone on record by saying to so like my students in class and they all agreed that I felt that it was just too sanitary it, it was uh, it was too clean too MTV i know you guys probably haven't seen it or maybe you have but i don't want to get into spoilers but i felt the script and the direction were the two things in straight out of Compton that were weak
1: it just felt too safe
2: it was way too safe it was it it either needed to be more realist in its aesthetic yeah. or more formalist in its aesthetic it it was sort of right safe in the middle like a extended video for, yeah, you know, and and uh, for the the, the the sort of inception, the birth of NWA, and I don't know about you guys, but when when that album came out, it it never left my turntable or my tape deck for a year straight. You know, and in college, same thing. We just listened yeah. to it endlessly. Me too. Uh, for such an important album, the film, it, the performances, on the other hand, I felt the film got robbed there. I think it was it, it there was definitely some actor and supporting actor nominees. That's where I feel uh straight out Compton got, got shunned. In terms of picture or screenplay, yeah uh uh-uh. uh no, it was too safe. It felt too sanitary, too clean, too too like this is the this is the version we would like the, the for the record for the public. In fact, Dre didn't even want to do the film. Cube had to talk him into it, you know. And I think that reluctance is seen in in the script and in the direction. You guys will have to see it and make up your own minds. But
1: no, no, I I, I saw Australia Compton. I yeah. felt I felt the same way. I, it, it didn't feel raw enough. It didn't feel you know. I, I felt like I, the film should have been more along the lines of an episode of like like an episode of The Wire.
2: Well, uh, yeah. If you're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going to that realist aesthetic, that would have been a, a dosage of that. that would have that's helped. what I would have wanted to or see. Or if it. you're going to the more formalist, something like Sid Nancy, which is a rock and roll story. Sid you know, bring Nancy in sort of like formalist Idlewild. elements. But it was just too safe in the center. I thought. You know.
1: Yeah, I agree. uh It could have. You know, if you want to go formalist, it could go Sid Nancy, or you could even go Idlewild. But it to me, it felt it 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 felt too safe. You know you're right, this is the public spin. I thought the performances were phenomenal and i agree the 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 they they got robbed on that um but you know um be, best picture i mean I love the film uh, you know best picture I, I i I don't know although it's interesting though that you mentioned that the the films are all different, and it makes me sometimes wonder if maybe the Oscars should adopt a golden Globe model. Where you have best drama, and then best something else, you know. Um, well, they—I mean, from going from five
2: nominees to ten, it seems like they've—they kind of allowed for that, didn't they?
1: I, yeah, I guess. I guess I, it's just—it's very hard to compare Room versus versus Spotlight or Room versus Mad Max, right? You know? Which was Eric's
2: yeah. point in the beginning, which was it. Yeah. Uh, these are really very different films. He said it was hard to pick a favorite because they're so different. I think that's the strength of the nominees this year. And I'd go a step further and say, I loved every single one of these films too. I really did. I didn't have any problems with any of them.
1: Yeah. I don't think there's a a single film in the batch that I didn't like. Um,
0: Yeah. Same here.
1: You know, I, I, I I guess the one, I mean, I have ones that I like more than others, right? you know, um, so I mean I thought the Martian was okay. I didn't hate it. I didn't not like it. It was it was it was okay for me. Uh yeah. but that's kind of where it stood. It it didn't Yeah.
0: It, yeah, I didn't I didn't hate any of them either. And I, I don't know if how often I hate best picture films, but yeah, these are all these are all pretty quality. You know, I think the you know some are weaker than others for sure. Um no doubt you know like brooklyn um i I think is probably the weakest of the of, of them all, but um weaker than the Martian, you think so, yeah, um, yeah, uh, I love the Martian, thought it was great, yeah, I think um and what you guys are talking about this uh, um, uh straight out content being sanitized that's kind of how you feel about brooklyn a little bit mm-hmm. uh but it's still i still liked it i mean it's still fine you know it's a good film but I, yeah I, I agree with nick that i liked i like them all and you're right too nick that the going to 10 versus 5 it allows for kind of a de facto um you know inclusion of other genres because if it were five the martian wouldn't be in there
2: right exactly um, and of course the animated category
0: so i mean that takes right. care of that Right, right. Yeah, Mad Max and The Martian would not be in there if if it were only five. Do you guys know how it works? How you get to how how that how we have different numbers every year? No, I have no, no idea. idea. That, so they have no all of the uh, all of the academy members are sent ballots. Um, there are about six thousand members, and to get on the ballot, you have to have something like it's five percent of. The total, like you have to be listed. People list, if, list their first and second, and if the if the first, like if there are a lot of a lot of people put the same film for the first, then it goes to the second, and if the second between the two, somehow they have this complicated math where if it gets up to five percent. Um, you, it gets on the list up to 10 um movies. It's really, it's kind of complicated. It's really weird, mm-hmm. but that's why, like, last week, last year we had nine, this year we have eight. You know, it's kind of this because those eight made five percent of the first and or second places on people's ballots. And it can be up to 10, right? Up to 10, yeah. Uh, I see, yeah. So I don't know what happens if there are 11 of them or whatever, but you know, but um, uh, yeah, it's 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 more complicated than I just actually explained, but that's you know, that's kind of the, the the basics, I guess. I can I'll put a link in the show notes at thatsrapshow dot com with uh, with a, a complete ex- explanation of how they do the ballots and no, all that. It's really weird, man. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of. I don't know. I'm. I, I like the format. I like the more than five format. If, uh,
2: if if I were to add, since since they only chose eight, my additional two, <laughs> just saying. By the way, since they didn't do it, uh, would be X Machina and Irrational Man. Those would be my my nine and tens. I, I think.
0: So straight out of captain still doesn't. So, get no, in there, no,
2: right? no, not for picture and not for screenplay. It's nominated for screenplay for performances. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, Irrational Man kind of got snubbed. Woody, Woody Allen got snubbed.
0: Yeah. Well, that happens more often than not with Woody Allen. You know, I mean, he's won a couple, but most of the time he gets ignored. Yeah, I would put, I still haven't seen rational Man, but I'd put um, Ex Machian up there too. And then, like I said, uh, probably Diary of a Teenage Girl. I hear Anomalisa is very good as well. Uh, I guess that's animated though, so. Um, yeah, I looked up a thing earlier. Uh, while we were talking earlier about when Nick said it was uh, about the best picture and directors being different. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It's a, it's a, it's a sh- very short list. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of them are fairly recent. Recently. Yeah,
2: I was going to mention that. I mean, I haven't looked, but I just know from my own personal history with the Oscars that they're recent.
0: Yeah, they uh, f- uh f- I mean, just to put it in perspective. I mean, there are five since 2000. Right. So that's five. That's, a, that's a one in three. Yeah. And that's much more. I mean, before that, there were maybe 10 or 12 total. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So 2013, uh, 12 Years a Slave won for Best Picture and Gravity won for Directing. 2012 it was Argo and Life of Pi. And then it goes back from there. Yeah.
2: Affleck four, wasn't, four, wasn't four, even four. nominated that year, which was a, you know, that's kind of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't taboo. even nominated. Yeah. This. Yeah. That's really weird. Yeah. To be nominated for Best Picture, but not for Best Director.
2: Right. And I don't know what the politics behind that were. I felt he deserved the nomination, so
0: Yeah, the only other that's only happened a few other times. Uh nineteen eighty nine, Driving Miss Daisy, Bruce Beresford was not nominated. Oh. Uh-huh uh 1931 Wait, we, don't need, we don't need to clap that exactly. back so, <laughs> so I, won't, I won't bore you with a list but yeah so you're right nick it's very very infrequent um i know my oscar uh, trivia <laughs> you sure do you sure do yeah so um but i wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those years where that where that actually happens yeah what about uh what about the hateful eight not getting in there are you are you surprised by that not really. Um, I, <laughs> I
2: I guess I expected to see it there, and then could care less when it wasn't. Uh, I, I I enjoyed it, as you know. We talked about it. We did yeah. our podcast on it. Uh, you you less than me, but um, mm-hmm. I you know I, it didn't feel of a caliber to me to sort of like uh, I don't know if it stood toe to toe with this competition all that well. It, it seemed to have some flaws here and there,
1: but. Yeah, yeah. I think for for like a best picture, best screenplay, that's a little. I think Hateful Eight's a bit of a stretch. I would have liked to have yeah. seen Samuel L. Jackson get a best actor for that. or even a best supporting. I like the fact that Jennifer Jason Leigh got it for Daisy Domergue Uh but when you look at the caliber of the other films, yeah, I I can't. And I, and you guys know how much I loved Hateful Eight and how much I love Tarantino, but. I, uh, yeah, I really, I really can't see it for that that
0: that level. Okay, that is interesting to me because you guys, I know I, I liked it less than you guys did, but I thought maybe best director maybe for it, but um, but not, nope. You know what I hate is when you watch a film after the Academy Awards, after the awards are giving, and you watch something you hadn't seen yet, and you're like, oh, this is awesome! I wish I had known this before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No. You know what I mean? Like if we see Carol, we're like, oh wow, what the? You know, because you guys haven't seen Carol, right? Either no. Right? no, yeah. So like things like that, where you're like, oh, yeah, if I had known this when we recorded or you know, before the things, I would have, it might have changed the calculus of my, uh, of my, you know, kind of if there were nine and ten, you know, that sort of thing. But you can't see every movie. You really can't. It's 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 tough. It's tough to see everything. I doubt if the Academy members even no, see them all. No, you no. Know? I think that's one of the I mean, horrid little dirty secrets. Is- yeah, I think and so And they vote too. for their friends, obviously. that's and, and they vote for their friends. Yeah, for sure. Uh, no doubt about that. So, All right, cool. And and I agree with you, Nick, that the Golden Globes does tend to predict. Um, I like watching the Golden Globes a lot more than the Oscars too. Me too, me too. Uh, to be honest with you, because it's because uh, they're drinking, you know. Yeah, as
2: a and, kid, yeah. it was the other way around. But as an adult, clearly, yeah. the Golden Globes is the much more fun evening. So, and I missed it this year for the first time in forever. But yeah, you just
0: forgot. Yep. Right.
1: Yeah. I was keep i I also forgot, but I remembered like a quarter of the way in, and then I just kept up.
0: Uh, I was following the New York Times coverage. Ah. Well, I'll be, uh, I'll be live tweeting the Oscars probably if you guys, if anyone wants to follow me at E Marsh, uh, I know Nick tends to do that as well, right, Nick?
2: Absolutely. Well, probably not for the Oscars, um, okay. but for everything else, yes.
0: <laughs> I tend to do more Facebook for the Oscars. I see. So if you want well, if you're friends with Chris on Facebook, you can, you can catch his. Commentary. No, but I'll, I'll,
2: probably, I'll, I'll definitely, yeah. I may not be tweeting with you, but I'll read your tweets. Me too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. sure yeah.
0: And. It's not a promise. I mean, hell, I might, I might be out somewhere. I don't know, but yeah, I'll probably be live tweeting if people follow me at E I tend to, I tend to do that um, because it's fun. Yes, it to is. do that. Thank you for listening to That's a Wrap, episode number forty-two. If you want to support our little endeavor, you can go to patreon.com/slash That's a Wrap. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook as well. And if you want show notes for anything that we've mentioned, you can go to uh, that's a wrap where you'll also find uh, each of our mini episodes on the eight nominated uh, best picture movies. So check it out. It'll be fun. You'll love it. And for that's a wrap. I'm Eric Marshall. I'm Nick Schlegel. I'm Chris Gullen. Right, see you next time. That's a wrap.